0: There's one common analytical mistake that I see so many first time investors making. This one mistake keeps people on the sidelines and keeps them from getting into the market and making money. And I've seen it over and over again. On today's episode, we talk about what that mistake is and what you should do instead. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Welcome back to the show. Well, as I said in the intro today, we're going to be talking about a common analytical mistake that I see so many first time condo investors making, or uh, might be more accurate to say would be condo investors making, because it's something that uh, prevents many people from making that first step and buying that first condo for investment. Okay, so what is it? You're probably wondering, this is, I'll break the suspense. What is this mistake? that is so common? Well, the mistake is the mistake of not buying a condo because the price per square foot is too high. Or conversely, buying a certain condo because the price per square foot is perceived to be low. Well, the truth is that per square foot or PSF, as I might also refer to it in this episode, PSF, is determined by a number of different factors and a number of different reasons why a per square foot price might be high or per square foot price might be low in any given building, in any given unit. And it's not something that should be a primary factor in determining whether investment is a good one or a bad one. And just to uh, make sure everybody's on the same page, uh, per square foot, again, uh, if you're new to it, per square foot is basically when you're taking the price of a unit. Let's say the unit is $1 million. And the size of the unit, let's say it is um, 1,000 square feet. So 1,000 square feet, $1 million. That is $1,000 per square foot. The average price per square foot Right now in Toronto at the end of uh, 2016 for um, central located centrally located prime downtown condos is somewhere around seven to eight hundred dollars per square foot for the prime stuff uh, downtown. You can still get very good product in the sort of six hundred to seven hundred dollars per square foot range. Getting very very uh hard harder and harder to get anything under anything decent under six hundred dollars a square foot that's where we are sort of today and and anything above sort of eight hundred dollars a square foot is generally um getting into the super prime or luxury type of product of course, the high end of the market is around uh well it's anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a square foot for um top top end yorkville sort of product. So that's just a snapshot of where things are at today. So that is the mistake that I see so many people doing and I, this triggered this episode as I had a client um or uh, uh again a would be client uh perhaps one day will be a client but not yet um who had signed a contract for a particular unit at a building that I um have endorsed as a top notch investment opportunity a building that i actually personally have invested in myself um great great building great um unit that they had but they decided not to go ahead they canceled their um uh contract to purchase during their 10 day cooling off period and the reason given was that the price per square foot they they felt was too high for the unit now again this is not uh not to uh, knock this particular uh Uh, investor or the reasons why they did that they might have a number of other reasons which they didn't mention but this is a common thing that I do hear many first-time investors saying is uh, no Andrew I don't like that because the price per square foot is too high so I'm going to pass and time and time and time again I've seen people miss out on opportunity miss out on tremendous uh, returns and price growth because they have this false belief that uh, the price per square foot is too high and therefore it cannot uh, get any higher and therefore it's a bad investment this kind of thinking so th- that's the and that's the end result of this um uh, of this uh, false mentality I'll give you one example from my own um investment experience uh one of the first units that i purchased back in i think it was 2010 i believe uh, 2010, I purchased a studio at um, One Park West. One Park West was a building in Regent Park as part of the Regent Park revitalization there. Uh, that was the second building that they had launched after One Coal. Uh, One Coal was 2009. Yeah, so this was 2010, One Park West. I purchased a 301 square foot studio. Believe it or not, you'd be shocked to hear the price now. Of course, but uh, back then it was a different story. Uh, the price was one hundred and sixty-five 165. thousand dollars. One sixty-five. I purchased a condo in downtown Toronto for one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. And if you do the math, uh, the per square foot price was five fifty-one. Which again, today five fifty-one per square foot for anything sounds like a ridiculous uh, bargain. But at the time in 2010, this unit and my decision to purchase this unit as an investment um, was uh, was I guess you could say pretty widely criticized, or not widely, but uh, there were certain people in the industry and in the market who looked at the price of that unit on a per square foot basis, which was five fifty one at the time, and they said that is too high the price per square foot. For Regent Park should be more like four hundred dollars a square foot, five fifty one per square foot uh, at the time when everything else was uh, supposedly perceived to be four hundred dollars a square foot. That is too high. It's going to be a bad investment. You shouldn't buy that unit. Forget about it. Well, I thought otherwise. Um, I thought it was great value. I purchased the unit. Obviously, the rest is history. Um, we know that uh, the days of purchasing studios for $165,000 are long, long gone. Um, the unit appreciated tremendously in value, was a was a great uh, rental property uh, for me for a number of years, and I recently um, sold that unit as I needed some funds for another uh, property that I was purchasing. Um, but again, all that to say that uh, the price per square foot was really, it, it seemed, it was perceived to be high at the time, but it wasn't it wasn't the case at all. The price per square foot quickly rose much, much higher, quickly went from five fifty one per square foot to around seven hundred dollars a square foot within within about two years. I'd say it was jumping up that high. it appreciated a much faster rate than really anything else uh in the building, anything else in the area um and it was a fantastic investment and had other many, many other clients have purchased similar units over the years and have also done similarly well with their investments too. So that's just one example of, uh, again, a missed opportunity of uh, our, our people putting their criticisms on something that just turned out to be completely wrong. Um, so what should you know about PSF per square foot when you are investing? Well, what you should know really is is simply that there are many, again, as I stated before, there are many, many factors that affect the price per square foot. Um, it, is not, uh, it is not a black and white sort of uh, uh, equation. It's not something that uh, you can just simply look at a number and know whether a condo is a good or a bad investment. Just say, well, here's an investment. Would you like to buy it? Well, what's the per square foot? It's this. Yes or no. It doesn't work like that. Um, but unfortunately, many first time investors seem to think it does, and many uh will base their decisions on on uh the per square foot price more than anything else or sometimes exclusively basing it on the p s f um and this is definitely a mistake that uh that you're if you're making that mistake you're missing out on great opportunities potentially or you're buying something that is uh really not a good opportunity just because you see you think it's a low price per square foot there might be reasons for that so what should you do instead if you're a first-time investor you're thinking about investing um, in a condo what would my advice be to you uh, to as you are analyzing different opportunities and considering um, which unit or what project you should buy into well I want to give you four things here that you should do instead of just basing your decision on uh, the price per square foot. Number one is look at the end price versus the per square foot price. Um, and what I mean by the end price is look at the actual price of the unit. So in the case of my studio, uh, I looked at that back in 2010 at 165000 and I said, where in downtown Toronto can you purchase a studio or any condo or any property of whatsoever for $165,000 and of course the answer was nowhere even back in those days 165,000 was just a an unheard of price for for uh, a condo um so i said well obviously if if this is far cheaper than any other uh piece of real estate in the downtown core then the chances of this one appreciating is very very good and the size of it being only 301 square feet which at the time it was the smallest condo in toronto um, that is not as relevant so look at the end price versus uh, instead of looking at the price per square foot another thing you want to look at with end prices is look at the end price of of the of the unit Versus the average resale and prices of the same same type of units in the resale market. So if you think about buying a one bedroom in a preconstruction building and you can get a, a one bedroom for say three hundred thousand. and if you look at what are the average reselling resale prices for all one bedrooms in the resale market uh, in in recent uh, months, that you're looking at buying in the same area that you're looking at buying. So the average price is say three fifty, and you are able to purchase a one bedroom for three hundred thousand. Again, that is a that is a very good sign. That's a sign that uh, chances of appreciation on that property are very very good, regardless of the size of the unit. Okay, so that's the first thing. Number one. Uh, number two is. Look at the functionality of the floor plan rather than the size of the floor plan. So uh, again, people get hung up on per square foot and size of the unit. Again, going back to the example of my studio, which I always come back to again and again, 301 square foot studio at the time, smallest condo in Toronto. Uh, Many people said that's, they just look at the number and they say that's too small. You shouldn't buy that. No one will live there. Who the heck wants to to rent or buy a 301 square foot condo? Um, whereas I looked at it and, and I said, can it fit a bed? Yep. Can it fit a table? Yep. Can it fit a dresser? Yep. Does it have a bathroom? Yep. Does it have a kitchen? Yep. Okay. It's a studio. Um, again, and when we, when we look at how real people, often we get, as investors in the pre-construction market, we sort of are detached with realities, uh, the reality of the resale market and what people are actually, you know, the behaviors of the consumer at the actual resale market, the real buyers and the real renters who are going and living in these units because we're just buying floor plans. We're buying paper, we're buying, uh, contracts that will one day turn into a piece of real estate. So we have this sense of detachment from what's actually happening on the streets, uh, so called, uh, in quotations, um, But uh, what do real people do? All this to say, what do real people do? Well, real people buy or they rent based on functionality. This is a key, key point that many people um, do not understand or do not consider. Um, People buy function. They do not buy square feet. Okay, I'll say that again. People buy function. They do not buy square feet. So they don't really care whether a unit like an example of a studio whether it's a 400 square foot studio or a 300 square foot studio it's still a single room with a kitchen and a bathroom right it it doesn't really make that much of a difference if the room is a larger room or a smaller room it's still the same room and that is how units tend to be bought and tend to be rented However, that's usually not how they're sold. So you you do have to pay a premium when you're buying it for pre-construction for the larger space. You're paying a lot more for the larger space. But when you go to rent it or when you go to resell it, you're not necessarily getting that money back. Which again goes back to one of my core uh, principles and core teachings that I've that I've always taught my investors is to um, buy the the great rule of thumb is to by the smallest unit of a given type, and that's going to give you the best investment, the smallest unit of a given type, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes for this episode. If you haven't heard me talk about that principle, you can uh, hear the podcast or read the articles about that. Um, Okay, so that's the second point. Look at the functionality of the floor plan. Consider the functionality, how it operates, how people can live in the unit more so than the actual size or the price per square foot of the unit. That's number two. Uh, Number three, third point of what you should do um, instead. Number three is uh, sometimes it makes sense to buy the lowest price per square foot in a building, and sometimes it actually makes sense to buy the highest per square foot in the building. And so that's... uh, that that's that's really the key is there's different reasons again going back to pr- the things that affect price per square foot there's many different reasons or, or factors that affect the price per square foot so in some cases the best investment in the building is the unit with the highest price per square foot maybe it's a tiny studio uh, maybe it's a small two-bedroom that's beautifully laid out and perfectly efficient um, and then it has it ends up having a high price per square foot but the future resale and future rental potential of that unit is better than all the other units. Or other times it might be uh, the lowest price per square foot. Maybe there's a low floor unit, podium unit, um, courtyard unit, faces uh, another building. Um, There might be, maybe it's beside a garbage chute, something like that, beside the amenities. There might be some reason why there's one particular unit that has the lowest price per square foot in the building. And it might be the best idea to buy that unit for investment. It really depends. There's there's many different factors and, and reasons that go into it. So each unit has to be evaluated um, on its own merits and and on its own, not um, not just a broad brush against uh, against everything. That's the third point. And the fourth point of what you should do instead is when you're looking at price per square foot is price per square foot is useful when comparing a building versus a building. So it's not as useful and it tends to be abused and misused when you're comparing, uh, on a micro level of a particular unit versus unit, uh, because there's so many factors that go into it. But when you're comparing building versus building, uh, that's where I find it, it does, it, it is more useful is when you just look at, at the average price per square foot of an entire building versus another say a competitive property next door or uh, a resale property uh, resale building in the area that's where it can be useful when you're looking at it on a macro level a group of units with the prices that they're selling at versus a group of units in another building that they're selling at and to see where there may be opportunities so if you have uh, again Um, Buying below market value, something I'm always talking about. If you have an opportunity to purchase um, in a building where the, uh, in a new building, pre construction where the average per square foot price is, say, $650 a square foot, and you look at the average per square foot price selling in the nearby, uh, the right next door, brand newly built and finished uh, resale building, if they're selling at $700 a square foot, and you can buy next door pre-construction at six fifty dollars per square foot as the building average price. Then generally, that's probably going to be a good building to get into. Now you're going to have to pick and choose which unit you're going to buy based on some of the things we talked about. But that's a good starting point to say that is probably a good investment to get into uh, because I look at the whole building versus the other whole building, and I see the trend, I see the direction, and, and that's uh, that's a good place to start. Okay, so that's four tips for you there of what you should do instead. In conclusion, conclusion of today's episode, price per square foot is just one measure. You don't want to get too hung up on it. Yes, it is something to consider. Yes, it is a factor to look at always, um, but it's not the be-all and end-all. And if you're basing your decision whether to buy or not to buy solely based on the price per square foot, you are doing it wrong. And uh, you're certainly, you're making a mistake and you're probably leaving opportunity, good opportunities on the table you're missing out on. Or conversely, you might be buying something that is not good. You should not be buying uh, just because you th- perceive it to be cheap when really there might be reasons for that. So you should really only factor, you should really only use price per square foot as a factor when you're directly comparing apples to apples. So if you could somehow have the same or very very similar unit uh same floor height same exposure same quality of finishes location amenities um etc if you had everything basically the same and you could compare one unit versus another in another building then there it's a useful um it's a useful exercise to do but other than that it tends to not be a very valid form of uh evaluating a particular investment. And you want to do the other things instead that I mentioned. You want to look at the end price, uh, focus more on the end prices rather on the price per square foot. You want to focus on the functionality of the floor plan as opposed to the square footage. Because remember, real buyers and real renters, they buy functionality, not square feet. Um, sometimes it makes sense to buy the lowest price per square foot in the building. And sometimes it makes sense to buy the highest price per square foot in the building. And you need to, uh, consider that. And the fourth point was compare when using price per square foot, compare, uh, as a useful tool, look at the entire building average versus a competitive, uh, average for an entire building. And that is a good starting point to see if uh, if that's a building to look at getting into. Okay, that was uh, a little bit longer than I uh, was anticipating for uh, today's episode, but I hope you enjoyed it as always. I hope that uh, you got some good information, advice, um, and expertise from me for free as always on today's episode. Um, if you liked it, share it with a friend or pass this along. I really appreciate that. And you can always leave a review for me on iTunes for this podcast if, you, if you've if you been listening and you like it. Thank you very much for all the many kind words I've received from uh, so many uh, of you listening. And uh, many people that I meet every weekend and every week um, tell me that uh, they find this podcast useful. And I, I love to hear that, and thank you for the feedback. Okay, until next time, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.